0: Hello, everyone. This is Dr. W, the host of the podcast, Grief Glasses. For this episode, it's gonna be a little different. I'm actually going to share the mic with my brother, Enrique Washington, and allow you to hear from me and my story of of grief and sharing what I call my grief walk. So Enrique, I wanna thank you for agreeing to share the, the mic with me and come on the show and allow me to tell my story.
1: Well, thank you for having me. Uh, You know, normally I would say welcome, welcome to the program, but uh, it's your program and I get the honor of uh, having a conversation with you uh, about, about grief and, you know, a little bit of our journey together as we talk uh, today uh, during uh, this session.
0: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it.
1: So I, um, I wanted to talk to you about just the the impetus to start this program around grief glasses and to have a platform to assist uh, your listeners in how they might in fact um, glean insight, um, ideas, just general thinking of how they address grief. What was the reason for starting this program?
0: very good question. The reason I started this podcast was dealing with the loss of of mom and dad was really, really difficult for me. And I think as I was starting to turn the corner with dad, we had mom take sick. And after losing mom, I knew it was going to be a large impact. I didn't know how large and how large of a void it would place in my life. And I've, I've talked to you about it. You know, I just shut down. I reached just like an impasse in life where I had no interest, no desire to do anything. Even the things I enjoyed most, such as reading or or working out. I, I lost my zeal for just my professional life um, and even just my friendships. A lot of that changed for me. And I sat in a docile manner and I I realized that wasn't what, it had to be more to it, I was still here. And I read an article about a young lady who lost her father and she talked about how that loss gave her a different perspective in a, in a good way. And it resonated with me quite a bit. And I, I wrote in my journal that night and I said, God, I want you to show me how to move forward. Because I was stuck, I was, I was really stuck and I was in a, a, a place that was not good, I wasn't happy. It was very dark and I knew that I couldn't go on like that because I wasn't living, I was existing. And so I realized that a lot of times for you to really heal, you have to do something for someone else. It can't always just be about you and your pain and your hurt. And I know that I'm not the only one that suffered loss, um, but I, I it showed me that I needed I needed some healing and God spoke to me and said, you know, I've given you a gift of speaking, of connecting with people. And here is an opportunity for you to use that gift because I was quite afraid of, I, you know, I believe scripture, you know, I said, I know this is a gift. You know, my mom nurtured that gift early in my life, putting me in those oration competitions. And here I am, I'm just, just sitting, kind of letting those gifts and talents just fall by the wayside. And and I didn't want that to happen. And so the podcast came to mind and I contacted our cousin, uh, Matt Story, and he started a podcast recently and kind of gave me the rundown on how to go about doing it. And I just went from there, a set a date of when I wanted to launch, wanted to launch on mother's birthday. And I worked on it for about three months and I was, I met my target date and here we are.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm. I'm. I must say, I'm. You know, very proud of you as your brother to, uh, to conceive that idea and and to see it see it through. I know mom and dad would be proud of you just as your siblings are. I want to talk about mom and dad. And I want to. I want to start with dad. Um, he passed first,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you know, sort of leading up to his passing. Uh, what was that experience like for you?
2: Yeah,
0: you know, that was a really difficult year. And the reason why I say difficult year, not just because of dad's sickness and passing, I had a very close friend and family uh, that were in a terrible accident in 2010. And she was my line sister. And my line sister passed away. They were in a tragic Uh, automobile accident. She passed away and her two children passed away in this accident. Her husband survived and we were all good friends in college. Mm -hmm. And he had gotten to a point where he could receive visitors. So I went down to visit him in Texas. And I remember getting off the plane and, you know, when you turn your phone off on, it buzzes like you have these messages and text messages. Yeah, And it was just, just, it just kept buzzing and buzzing. And I saw it had numerous missed calls from mom and from mine. And I said, that's odd. So I pick up the phone and I call because mom, you know, she wouldn't share the details. She just said, give me a call when you get the message. And I called and I said, you know, mom, I I got your message and is everything okay? Because I I knew something wasn't quite right.
2: Right, right.
0: And because mom wasn't the type to keep calling and calling. And she says, well, it's your father. We've had to put him in the hospital. And I said, oh, no, because I was home this summer spending time. I'd chosen to spend the summer at home, uh, as, as ironic that, that it may be. And I said, well, do I need to come back now? Because I was just going to stay overnight, literally. I was just going for the day to spend time with my lion sister and visit Wendell, come back home. She says, no, you're going to be back tomorrow. That'll be fine. I come back. And when I got back, I went straight to the hospital and mm-hmm. dad as he was, you know, he's sitting in the hospital, he's on oxygen. And I, you know, I said, well, hi, dad, you know, how are you? He said, oh, I'm fine. How are you? And he he wasn't fine, but he never had the woe is me spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he wasn't fine, I could clearly see that. And I knew it was getting serious when we had, we talked about, we're going to have to move him, you know, this, this hospital doesn't, doesn't meet what he needs uh, medically. Mm-hmm. So that let me know that it was a, it was different this time around, because as you mentioned in your interview, he had been in the hospital before and had come out and survived and was back on his feet back, you know, doing what he loved being outside, working in the yard. And so I knew it was a little different that time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the day that dad passed, like do you remember that day and what was that feeling like for you? I mean, obviously the feeling of loss, but like, Where did it take you?
0: Yeah, I remember it very well because mother and I, we went over first thing in the morning. I went with her that morning. And as we were walking into the hospital, the doctor's calling mom's cell phone, telling her that he's not going to make it. And mom says, let me give the phone to my daughter. And so I get on the phone with the doctor and he's talking to me, telling me the situation. And we had said, you know, do all you can to preserve his life. And he said, I know that that's what you have requested as a family. But he mentioned that dad was so frail and weak. He said if if he were to code or anything and we were to go in and try to do CPR, we would crack his chest and it would even be more pain for him. And so I said, well, do what you can to make him comfortable at mm-hmm. this point. And then we got on the phone and started calling everybody. We were there in Little Rock. You know, the family was there and saying, hey, you need to get to the hospital. Because he, I asked him, I said, well, what kind of time frame? And he said, you know, it could be minutes. It could be hours. So I knew it was serious um, because I had just left and had to come back the very next day. I went home. And flew back out the next day to come back, so it was quite it was quite a swift transition because I thought he was doing some better, and apparently not, and so I remember Mom just sat there in the the waiting room, and I told her what the doctor told me and um i couldn't i could I couldn't see the pain and hurt, but I could feel
2: it mhm. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, she never talked about the pain, but I could feel it. And I remember I was trying to share my time with being in the room with everyone else because mom had chosen not to be in the room uh, because I I just think it was just going to be too painful for her. So I would leave out and go and sit with her some outside and try to talk and keep her company. And so she wouldn't be alone. And I remember Erica calling me on my cell phone. She said, I think you need to come to the room. And I remember Pastor Smith was there, his wife and, uh, you know, dad's family. We were all there. I I, I remember it very clearly.
1: Yeah, it uh, definitely, definitely takes uh, uh, me back and you know being there when he took his last breath yeah. i think was spe- special for all of us yeah yeah let's talk let's talk about mom um i mean we we lose dad and um it almost felt like overnight yeah that mom took sick yeah. um yeah do you recall the day um we found out that mom would say.
0: Absolutely. I was trying to call her. I was leaving work because I would talk to her usually every day after work and I couldn't reach her. And that was strange uh, because usually she didn't pick up right away. Within a couple of minutes, I would get a call back or either I would know she was going to be unavailable because she would usually apprise me of that. Now, tomorrow I'm going to be doing such and such, so I won't be available until after this time. Well, she didn't say that, and she had gone to a doctor's appointment. So I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling. i'm I'm getting frantic literally. i I couldn't reach staff. i you know, I couldn't reach Mom. I couldn't reach anybody. And finally, Mom calls and she says, "I know you're probably panicking. I've seen the number of times you've called me." I said, yes, I've been worried about you. Where are you? She says, Well, I'm almost home. I'll call you when I get in in the house. I said, okay. So I still don't know that there's anything to know. And I just remember she tell, she told me, she said, I had a doctor's appointment. I said, okay. And I said, Well, how did how did it go? I, I didn't know that this was a serious appointment or, you know, what type of appointment. Um, and she said, well, they, they ran some tests and they found a tumor and it's cancerous. And I remember her saying to me, how do you think I should tell the others? And I said, well, mom, how, how do you want to tell everyone else? She said, I would like to, to call, call them and tell them. I said, well, if that's what you want to do, I think that's the best way to do it. And I just said, "We'll we'll do whatever needs to be done. Um, and I remember her saying she was gonna have to have surgery. And I said, Okay, well, when is surgery? She told me, she says, don't don't try to change your plans of when you're coming home. I said, Mom, you know that that's not gonna happen. I'm changing my plans. be mm-hmm. home immediately. And I did. Uh, I was scheduled to come home maybe a week later, and I changed, I was I flew out the very next day uh to to meet her. But I, I remember it and I didn't sleep that night. Did not sleep. I I I cried and I cried and I prayed and I prayed because it was difficult to hear. Um, but she didn't she didn't tell me in a a spirit of of doubt and and disbelief. Um, because she she actually kind of told me about the conversation with the doctor. And I remember her saying the doctor says, Now I know you're an educated woman. Do you understand what I've just told you? And she says, absolutely. He said, you know, he said, you're different. He said, anybody else I would have told that to, they just would have fell apart and start crying. And she, she mentioned, she said, well, I have to trust, trust in God and my faith. He's never failed me. And I, you know, just, I knew then, you know, always kind of like Erica said, you know, mom was larger than life. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Well, I knew then just how strong her faith really was because the nature of her cancer was a very serious one, a very rare form of cancer. And for her not to just, you know, just be downtrodden and, and, you know, out of, out of hope and faith was, was really a testament to a lot of the things she had shared with me about when I went through difficult moments.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How, how was you know, dad's sickness and mom sickness, you know, what how was your experience different between the two?
0: Good question. Dad's was different because it was it was so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was really no time to really process it, you know, because it was, you know, when you we went to Little Rock, it was a couple of weeks and you know, dad had passed. With with mom, what was so ironic, I'll 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 share this story. I was in a new job and I was very unhappy. I mean, if you looked at me on the outside, you looked at my life, you would think, wow, she's living a good life. What an amazing person. You know, look what she's been able to do. I remember being so unhappy that I told mom, maybe I just, you know, sell everything and just start anew. And she said, I think that's a bit extreme. and. I would talk to her every hour on my lunch break for an hour. I would just walk the strip. And this one particular day, I guess my voice must've sounded or maybe something I said was so alarming to her. She said, do you need me to come now? Because she was planning to come. And we were gonna go to a wedding for a family member. um, Freddie, Marissa's was getting married. Freddie's youngest daughter. And she says, if I come now, I can't stay as long. I said, well, you can come after the wedding. But now that I've had time to process and think about it, Mm -hmm. I was grieving that she was sick. Because there was nothing about my life, even the job per se itself, that would attribute to the despair and darkness I was feeling. I mean, it it was heavy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The point, mom came and spent months with me. It was it was heavier than dealing with the loss of dad, and i i couldn't I couldn't explain it. But like I said, now that I've had that time, our souls were so connected that I was I I, I truly believe I was grieving that she was ill before I knew that she was ill. Mm. And when I found out, you know, I went in and immediately told my, my supervisor, you know, I told her, I said, in confidence, you know, my mother is ill and it's going to require me to go back and forth. And I'm going to take two weeks a month and go and be with my mother. Um, and I said, I, I just won't be able to do any travel. I, I'm just not able to. And I was in a postdoc program at the time. And I remember talking to the president, Dr. Taylor, and I said, Dr. Taylor, it's unfortunate, but I'm going to have to withdraw from the program and my mother's sick and I I really need to put my attention there. And he said to me, he said, oh, no, I'm not going to let you withdraw from the program. We'll figure it out. He said, you're my top student. And I never asked him to do that. But he Mm -hmm. did that for me. Mm -hmm. He said, focus on your mother. Mm -hmm. We'll figure this out when the time comes.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I finished
0: the postdoc much later than everyone else. But I was going home every two weeks to take care of mom. I was relieving mine. Uh, so Steph wouldn't have that burden, you know, of trying to do it all herself. Um, so I would every two weeks. And the beauty of it, I was new to in- NC State. And so I didn't have a lot of time. But NC State had this pro- the program where you could share your time. So people were literally giving me their time so I could spend the two weeks. Mm. And and not, you know, count against, you know, my pay or anything of that nature. So, you know, God was was working all along. And so I was going home, spending those two weeks uh, once a month with mom. And I was glad I was able to do it. Just really glad I was able to do it. Uh, It was a bittersweet thing. But I remember mother saying before she was being discharged from the hospital, she says, well, I guess it's the reason God gave me all these children and girls after all. You know, because we were able to care for her. Mhm. Um mm-hmm. and I certainly tried to do my very best in 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 doing all that I could. So much so sometimes she'd tell me don't do anything else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you a similar question I asked about dad and uh, related to mom. Um you know, mom, mom passes the night she passes, you know, where did it, where did it take? As I think it took each of us to a different place, perhaps. I think we were one, we were definitely all sad, but where did it take you? Um, I'd like to know that evening after she had passed.
0: You know, um, I remember the evening. I don't know if you remember, but I was actually in my room reading and I remember you coming and knocking on the door telling me to come back to mom's room and went back and we were all there with her as she passed. And I'll be honest with you, when she passed, I didn't go anywhere immediately. Um, I guess I was so much was happening at one time that it, did, it didn't s- register with me right away. It was a bit of some delayed grief. And it mm-hmm. actually kind of scared me, to be mm-hmm. honest. I went to my doctor and I said, hey, something's off. Something's wrong. I mean, I wasn't, in, um, I wasn't in like deep despair. I wasn't crying. I wasn't not eating. It was none of that. None of what it kind of classically can look like. And I said, I'm I'm concerned because this is my mother and my doctor knew mom because mom had been to doctor's appointments with me. And she told me, she says, I want to assure you that, you know, no amount of medicine or therapy can take away all of your grief and pain. She said, it will come to you when it's time. And it came to me much different than dad's.
2: Mm.
0: You know, dad's, I was, you know, I I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. But with moms, it was my focus was off. I I couldn't focus. You know, it was nothing that would hold my attention for the slightest moment. What I did do a lot of was I wrote a lot.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I, I spent a lot of time writing and going back over letters and cards she had sent me, but it, it took me probably a couple of months before the the real pain and grief hit me. And when it hit me, I, I went, I went to grief therapy because I was, in, I realized just how how in the dark place I was and for so long and for so many years when I had my difficult moments I had I could go to mom mom would I pick up the phone and mom come right out you know I had that additional layer of support and that was gone um in terms of always knowing that she was there in that capacity so it was it was hard because it was much different than what I anticipated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You, t- you talk about your healing process. One of the things you did was therapy. Um, let, let's talk about your process of how you were able to heal. Um, what did you do?
0: Again, it was, it was a lot of prayer. Uh, I wrote a lot. Uh, I probably have about three notebooks full of my thoughts and emotions of where I just wrote and wrote. Um, I started really working out like crazy, like a mad person. Um, because I was thinking about, you know, I, I got to get my endorphins up. I got to, I got to get, you know, I got to start trying to be happy, trying to start feel some sense of joy. Um, and I had, I had two friends that I talked to. Um, one was Carol. Carol and I grew up grade school, played ball together, ran track together. And then my friend, um, I call her Bass, her name is Stephanie Bradley. But they really just listened to me, you know. I when I just wanted to talk. And I didn't always reach out to you all. And when I say you all, I'm talking about my siblings, because you all were hurting too. Uh, and I didn't want to add to your pain and grief. And being able to pick up the phone and call Carol and at, you know, sometimes I call them at two in the morning, three in the morning, they pick up. They talk to me and they help me to really kind of focus a lot on the positives and not so much on what was making me sad. You know, Bass often talked about, you know, just how polished and classy mother was and, you know, different things about me that reminded her of mom. And, you know, Carol even said the same thing, you know, Chris, every time I come over, your mom would always make me feel welcome. I never felt uncomfortable at your house. You know, I always, you know, just felt right at home. Mm -hmm. And so even hearing their stories and memories of mom made me feel good. It really helped me to start going back there to those good moments, those good memories, and not focusing on when she was when she was sick, and that helped me to reframe and start to take a different outlook
2: mm-hmm. on things. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I remember one thing, Mom. In many of her letters, she wrote to me when I was dealing with things. She would always have this line: "Be not dismayed, whatever betides. God will take care of you." And. I have a collage of letters that mom wrote me that I had framed, uh, framed. And I started this because she wrote a letter to me when I went, first went to college. And one of the letters, that's the first line. And sometimes I just sit and look at the collage and, and just read that first line.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. I do believe that. And, and certainly he has done that. It's mm-hmm. taken care of me. And I had to start really putting my own faith to work. You know, it wasn't enough, just enough to read the scripture and to pray. I had to really believe that, and and trust God for what He what He promised. And I was able to do that with, like I said, my prayer, my writing, exercising, and that the, those core group of friends. You know, mm-hmm. and, and even you know my siblings. You know, I would talk to you all, but again, I didn't lean on you as heavily initially because we were all hurting, and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be respectful of your your hurt and pain. And I do not want to add to what was already heavy and
1: difficult. Mm-hmm. So as you have had time to self reflect, uh, you know, we all have all of our siblings have mm-hmm. um, had some time to self reflect for your listeners, you know, what are one to two uh, lessons and blessings that have come from uh, your pain and grief?
0: Yeah. Um, a blessing, I would say, has been new perspective on life um, and paying closer attention to things. I was just sharing a couple of days ago, there are some things that I've, I've just overlooked. They've always been there. Um, just never gave them attention or thought. But with this new perspective on life, I've really been able to prioritize much better in terms of living a life worth meaning. You know, I've, you know, I've had those moments where I was chasing title and chasing this and that. And now my focus is on living a life full of meaning. You know, what will people say about me when my time comes and when I pass so my perspective is is much is much greater it's broader it's brighter and i never looked at grief offering me that you couldn't have told me grief would offer me that the blessing or the blessings of the grief of losing mom and dad is that what a wonderful mother and father i had what a wonderful Childhood, I had. You know, I, I think about all of the memories. You know, I, I think about when I bought my place in North Carolina and I had just finished my PhD. I didn't have any money, I was broke. And mom came out um and she literally furnished the whole place. And I'm thinking, you know, I was so appreciative and I thanked her and I thanked her. And I, I sat down and I put pen to paper and I wrote her a letter. And I told her, I said, you know, mom, you know, I'm starting out, but I'm going to pay you back. I can't pay you back all at once, but I'm going to pay you back. And she wrote me a letter back, but I still have it. And as detailed as mom was, line by line, everything she furnished in here, she said, no charge. She said, I was only doing what a mother would do for their child. And I just thought. I miss her. I miss dad, but the memories that I have sustain me Mm -hmm. because they're really good memories. Um, So I'm blessed because they gave me a wonderful start in life, a good foundation of values and morals and principles. And I'm proud to call them mom and dad because their impact on us was profound. And I see it on others. So that's mm-hmm. special to me that how special they were to so many other people. So that for me would be the blessings because I've I've I, I'm I can't, you know, I can't count them all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so
0: when you're that blessed and you can't count them all, you you really have a lot of joy. Um if you if you really think about life, because life is is full of transitions, you know, there's going to be pain, there's going to be sorrow. As the scripture says, it's it's a season and a time for everything. And I'm just, I'm very grateful to have had mom and dad in the capacity of mother and father.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So sis, as we um, sort of move to to, to close here, I, I wanted to And thank you for sharing that. Um, You know, it's even taken me back, um, but I want to stay focused on you.
2: Um,
1: You know, sitting in my shoes, um, there may have been something I didn't ask you that um, you would like to address. And so what would that what would that be?
0: What I would probably say in, in in terms of having started this podcast, um, what I would like to know from people that I haven't asked, or if you were to ask me is, um, how has the podcast changed me? Um, because hearing from not only you, but other family members, because the season one has been dedicated to family. Uh, how has it changed me? And it and it has, even with when I started it, I started it based on just a new perspective and my own loss and grief. But what it's changed about me is, is really understanding the silver lining of grief. Um, uh, it's painful, it's hurtful, it 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 lingers. Uh, and and you know, as they say, you never get over it, but you learn how to live with it. It's changed me in that. I never saw this as a part of my walk in life. I never saw this as my way of service to other people. So it's allowed me to be more open in what life will look like for me, what is to come. And being open really has broadened my scope on life, family. I've connected with family members that I've, I've never really even had more than one or two conversations with so i'm I'm grateful that it's really kind of bringing things full circle and building that that family bond even stronger. And so that's something that has changed about me and and, and really being open to, you know, how God wants to use me and 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 being obedient in my service to others
1: that is um eloquently uh, said. And, it, you know, you started this all for a reason. I think not only has, is it shifting you, but also the impact that it's having on others. I just think it's tremendous. And, uh, you know, before I hand the mic back to you, I just want to say it's just been a, a real pleasure uh, to talk to you about mom and dad, um, and to go back um, to those places uh, with you. And I appreciate you sharing uh, your stories. And I said it before, I'm proud of you um, for building this platform for our family and for others and to help them. And I think it's a resemblance of what mom and dad were about. Uh, They were servant in how they lived their lives. They always served others and and especially uh, their children.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you. Uh, I love you. And I'm going to hand it back to you.
0: Thank you, I love you too. Um, I'm happy that you were willing to do that for me. So before I close close out this episode and this season, this, is, this will conclude season one. I have a poem that I wanna share that a former colleague shared with me after she learned that I'd lost mom and didn't know. And when I read the poem, it, it just spoke to me in such a powerful way. So I do want to share it with the audience. And the poem is titled, Stay. And it reads, I know how your mind rushes ahead, trying to fathom what could follow this. What will you do? Where will you go? How will you live? You will want to outrun the grief. You will want to keep turning toward the horizon watching for what was lost to come back, to return to you and never leave again. For now, hear me when I say, all you need to do is to still yourself, is to turn toward one another, is to stay. Wait and see what comes, to fill the gaping hole in your chest. Wait with your hands open to receive what could never come, except to what is empty and hollow. You cannot know it now, cannot even imagine what lies ahead. But I tell you, the day is coming when breath will fill your lungs as it never has before. And with your own ears, you will hear words coming to you new and startling. You will dream dreams. You will see the world ablazing with blessing. Wait for it. Still Yourself, Stay by Jan Richardson. So ladies and gentlemen, and to those who are listening, this concludes season one. Stay tuned for season two, which will be stories of of grief from friends. So I'm gonna be interviewing friends that are close, friends that are far, and letting them tell their stories of pain and grief and the lessons and the blessings. So stay tuned. We'll be back on Christmas day, December 25th. So until then, thanks for listening. And remember in time and with perspective, your pain and grief will take its proper place in your life. Thank you for listening.